Welcome to the podcast of Trinity Church London. You're listening to a message given on a Sunday morning. If you'd like to know more about us and the life of the church, please visit trinitychurchlondon.com. We are continuing in our series, Jesus' Church. And in the past few weeks, we have seen the church described as the bride of Christ, this bridegroom Jesus who would come and present himself, this bride of Christ, this church, as spotless, blameless, wrinkle-free, and he's going to present this bride to himself. We also saw last week how we we are called, Daniel opened up the scripture to us, and how we are called to be a family, which is made up of mothers and fathers and grandmothers and grandfathers and young ones and old ones. It comes with all of its messes, it comes with all of its tensions, but at the same time it comes with all of its support and love and brotherhood and sisterhood. And today we are looking at Jesus' church as a body. Jesus' church as a body. The scripture that Esther just read to us from 1 Corinthians 12 is a beautiful piece of scripture. And Paul describes Jesus' church using the metaphor of a human body. I mean, if I have to explain this whole passage in a few in a couple of sentences, this is what I would say. If you have put your faith in Christ, then you are part of this body of Christ. If you have put your faith in Christ, you are part of this body of Christ. And because you are part of this body of Christ, God has given you gifts. So now receive those gifts and use it. Receive those gifts and use it. And in the next few minutes, I, I would just try, allow me to just open this up for us and give us three thoughts from this passage. Three quick thoughts. Number one, we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. The cabinet members that meet, they're not the body of Christ. Although that body will have members of this body of Christ. All the rescuers put together, the NHS staff, the firefighters, all of that put together, they're not the body of Christ. Although again, they will have members of this body of Christ. Any religious group gathering together, I mean, my Muslim friends, they gather five times a day in a mosque. They are also not the body of Christ, but we, the church, are called the body of Christ. Looking at it a little bit differently, again, we are the body of Christ. We are not a social gathering who are gathering together on Sunday morning just because we don't have anything else to do. We are also not just coming together because there is great coffee. Thank you very much, Mark, for serving us so well this morning. And and Fernanda. (laughs) We are not even a body just because We come together on a Sunday morning and spiritually we are vitalized and get some energy out of this for the rest of the week. No, we are coming together because we are the body of Christ. Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthian church knowing that Corinth was an influential place. There were thousands of people coming in and out of Corinth and he knew that. He knew their diversity, knowing their different backgrounds, knowing their differences, Paul just reminds them that, hey, you are part of this body because of the gospel that you have received. And what is this gospel? This gospel is that Jesus came for all people. Jesus came for all people. He didn't come just for the Jews, as he says, he didn't come just for the Jews. He didn't come just for the Greeks. He didn't come just for the slaves. He didn't come just for the free. And what does that mean in our language? He didn't come just for the rich or the poor. He didn't come just for the conservatives or labor supporters. 
He didn't come just for Chelsea or Arsenal. No Arsenal. No Arsenal. Look at that. But he came for all humanity. He came for all humanity. He came from, for every single one of us. Why? Because every single one of us here, every single one out, outside of this room, every single one of us need a savior. Why do we need a savior? Because every one of us have sinned and have wronged and we fall short of the glory of God. Not as for our standards, but as for the holy, mighty, true, perfect standards of God. And we sh fall short of that. We fall short of that. We need a savior. Because all of us have sinned. Left to our own mercies and desire desires, we would choose pride over humility. We would choose war over conflict. We would choose war over peace. And when we realize that, what do we do? We start looking for solutions in every single thing around us, apart from the one who can actually help us. And that's what happened with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, God created this, this garden. He said, every single piece of creation that I have carefully designed is for you. Enjoy every bit. Enjoy every bit. It's for my glory and out of my love for you that I have made this. But just be careful of one thing. Don't eat from that tree. Because if you would eat, you would die. And that is exactly what Adam and Eve did. They ate from that tree. They got, they got tempted by Satan and they ate from that tree. And not tempted by Satan as in, as in very um, uh, foolishly or anything of that sort. No, in their pride, in order to become like God, they took hold of that fruit and they ate it. And then God said, Hey, Adam. What is this that you have done? Adam said, don't tell me. This one. She gave it to me. Eve said, what is this that you have done? Don't tell me, God. I was tempted by Satan. I was tempted by Satan. And because of that, because of this desire to become like God, because of this pride in our hearts, there was this sin that came into the world. And this sin not just separated us from God, but it separated us from each other as well because of this blaming it separated us from each other as well but God but God knowing our helpless state knowing our need he sent his son Jesus for us and what did this Jesus do he put aside his glory Philippians 2 says this Jesus, he didn't take hold of his rights, but he left his state of glory and became a human. He became a human. He didn't leave us on our own. And he showed us what God is like. He said, he loves you. He's your father. I have come to take away every single thing that separates you from him. The sin that you so want to run away from and say, why do I keep falling into that? Jesus said, I've come to take that away from you. The guilt that keeps driving you away again from your maker. I have come to take that away from you. The shame that you feel after resolving in your heart and mind that I don't want to do this. But I keep falling into that. Jesus said, I've come to take that away from you so that you can be one with the father. You can be one with your maker. And he modeled that life to us by his death. He paid the price. And now when we come to the Father, we are welcomed. We are welcomed as sons 
and daughters. And in his death and his resurrection, he makes us one too. He makes us one too. And when we come to him, what do we receive? We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God who lives inside of us. What did Jesus say? He said, I'm going to go, but I'm going to send one, the faithful one, the helper, the advocate. He's going to remind you of my ways. And this Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Each one of us, when we get immersed into the same Holy Spirit, same Spirit of God, we are made one with each other as well. We become one. Now, for those of you who are not Christians here, you might feel like, oh, this is quite exclusive. This is quite exclusive. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You're very welcome. Come on in. See the beauty of Christ. See the beauty of Jesus. See what he has done for us. He's not going to ask you, what is your background? What is your cultural background? Where do you come from? He's not going to ask you, what, what is your economical background? What did you believe in the past? He's not going to ask you all those things. Because why? Because look around. Look around you. There are South Africans in the room. There are Australians in the room. There are English. I hope there were more Asians, more Indians. There are Asians in the room. <laughs> really, look around. He doesn't ask us, what is your background before coming in? He says, come on in. I have paid for this. You are one body. Why? Because Jesus came, he died, he rose again, and he gave us his Holy Spirit. And that is how we become one in him. And this is what exactly Paul was explaining to Corinthians. Corinthians, you're not one body because you meet for worship at the same time, because you speak the same language, because you do business in the same city. No, you're the body of Christ because his spirit lives inside of you. Verse 13, he says, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. So Trinity Church London, there is diversity around us. But there is still in that diversity, there is unity. There is one thing that binds us together and keeps us one. And that's the name of Jesus. That keeps us together. So we are the body of Christ, diverse, but united. Now Paul is going to say that same thing about diversity and unity. He says that this variety and this oneness is not just limited to our backgrounds and our nationalities or our cultural differences. But this also plays a role in our gifting that God has put inside each one of us. And he is now going to compare this body, the church, to a human body. Look at verse 14 to 20. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Where would the sense of smell be? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this around. This is a bowl of jigsaw puzzle pieces. Take one piece for yourself, take one piece for all your family, family members, even if your children are in beacons, it's fine. Take one for each of your family member. And I just want us to remember this one thing, that looking at that piece, you will see, really, 
This does not make sense. This does not make sense. This is who I am. In your individuality, you will see that you're like, no, this does not make sense. But there is something quite extraordinary that Paul is teaching us here. I don't know what you want to do with that. You want to make it a bookmark in your journal or Bible or some, but keep it somewhere where it will remind you that you are part of something much, much bigger than that little piece that is in your hand. There's a picture that will not be complete without you. This will hopefully remind you of that. Without that little piece, there's a picture somewhere that will not be complete without you. And at the same time, it must remind us that on our own, we will not be able to make a complete picture. So there are two things. On our own, we will not be able to make a complete picture. And without that little piece in your hand, the rest of the picture will not be complete. Trinity Church London, this is where God has placed us, in London. And He's given us a role to play. He's given us a vision. Our vision is to see the glory of God known across London and the nations. And as compared to the universal body of Christ all around the world, we have a small part to play. We are very little. We are not everything. We have a small part to play, but yet we have a part to play. And that's about the universal body of Christ. What about this place? This place, exactly in the same way, God has put you and me together so that we can play our part in this body, in this place called Trinity Church London. Now when we think of ourselves as a member, Paul is saying that there is, it is very much possible that we might err to one side of the spectrum. Either we can say, think too highly of ourselves or we might think too lowly of ourselves. He tells a group of Christians in Rome, in Romans 12, he writes something very similar with regards to the being the body of Christ, being, uh, having the gifts that God has given us. He says, don't think too highly of yourself than you ought to think, but think with sober judgment. And it is a similar thing that he is exhorting us here in 1 Corinthians as well. We can err to one side and say that we're not valuable. Because the part that I'm playing is not even noticeable. I mean, people don't like this spot. I'm just sitting behind. I'm not valuable. This is, this is not what I wanted to do. You can add to one side. You can think of too lowly of the part that you are playing. Or you can go on the other side and say, Hey, did you see me this morning? I'm too valuable. I don't need the rest of the body. I'm enough on my own. I had these issues and I still have and I still fall into the trap of comparing myself with others. Three years ago when we were planning Trinity Church London, I looked at these guys like Daniel and Steve and all these big guns, big shots coming together and saying, come on, let's go for London. And I'm saying, yeah, you guys have a lot to bring obviously to the table. You can say that. We'll tag along, we'll come along and say, but you know what, I had to repent of that mentality. Not because I realized that, hey, I've got more to bring as well. No, that would still keep the focus on myself. But I had to realize that, hey, God has put this inside of us and I need to just take hold of it. Because if I don't do that, what am I saying to God? God, what you've made me is not enough. You've done a bad job making me. 
I want it to be like that one, or like that one, or like that one. This is what we can end up saying when we think too lowly of ourselves. And maybe some of us feel that way here. I don't want to get involved in that bit of the church life. It's not noticeable. Plus, I will get tagged for that job for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Onoheli to come and approach me. You know how I sing? Come on, I'm just waiting for Onoheli to approach me, call me into the band. I'm just waiting for Daniel to approach me and say, I love your teaching gift. Come on. I suggest when we do these things, when we think of too lowly of ourselves, two things happen. Number one, we hamper our own growth in our walk with Christ. If we don't deal with the pride and the insecurities that are growing up inside of us, we hamper of our own walk with Jesus. We stunt our growth in our walk with Jesus. Again, remember the jigsaw piece in your hand on your own, on its own, it's nothing more than a cardboard piece. Nothing more than that. The second thing that can happen is that we can also rob the rest of the body. You can rob from the rest of the body. Again, that jigsaw piece. Without that piece, somewhere, the rest of the picture will be incomplete without you. There is a specific gift that God has put inside of you and no one else can do it the way you will be able to do it. So if you don't pick it up, the rest of the body will suffer. Now, like me, if you find yourself playing the comparison game, then there is, this is where you can find strength. Here is something that really Paul says that we can comfort ourselves with. Look at verse 18. It says, it is God who arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. So if you have a certain gift, receive it, nurture it, walk in it, just do it. Just do it, just use it and let it grow. Many of us wake up on Monday mornings and are sent into the business world. That's the gift that God has given you. Over there you get to represent Christ. That's your role in the universal body of Christ. Many of us are, are teachers here. I'm looking at Mandy, Cheryl. You receive the gift of loving those children. Sometimes those children get, come from broken backgrounds. Sometimes it's possible that if you don't love them, nobody else would. And at that point of time, while you are wiping their cheeks and their noses, you don't feel that you are shaping the future of, of something. But you are doing that. You are doing that. Some of us are students here. You have a role to play as well. There are your roommates who have left their families, moved from different nations, and you have a role to play there. You can be a faithful friend, be the aroma of Christ in that place, and say, hey, I have a role to play here. Some of you are full-time moms and have the role of nurturing your children and bringing your children up in God's ways, giving them those solid foundations under their feet so that when they grow up, they would look back and say, hey, my mom gave me this. I'll give it to dads as well. My dad gave me this. <laughs> Some of you are retired or, 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 or are on the verge of retiring. <laughs> Come on. I mean, Esther, I'm looking at you. Are you on the verge of retiring? You keep saying yes every year. It just keeps going. Okay. But you have the role of men mentoring younger generation. The baton that you have carried so well. It's time to pass it on, the legacy. And God has given you that. Why? Because it matters. So keep doing that. Some of you have a role of assisting. 
being a helper, being a second in command. Sometimes it can be challenging, sometimes it can be difficult being a second person. But remember this, if you don't do what you are carrying right now, the first in command will not be able to do what he is doing right now. So your job is important. Your role is important in the big picture of God, in the, in the body of Christ. That's about the universal body of Christ. How about this one? How about Trinity Church London? There are people who work five days a week hard on a Sunday morning, come early in the morning, set this place up, brew the coffee for us, take care of our little ones while we are sitting here and looking at the word of God. Each one of us have been given a role to play. Let's pick that up and just do it. Let's pick that up and do it. So firstly, we are the body of Christ. And secondly, each member has a gift, has a role to play. But thirdly and finally, this is how we, we live in regards to our fellow members. That is what Paul is telling us. We live in regards to our fellow members. Our gifts work together. Look at verse 21 to 26. This is what he says. He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that, give, that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. Now Paul is addressing those, those on the other side of the spectrum. Those who err on the other side think too highly of ourselves. I don't need anybody else. I am valuable enough. I have, I'm gifted enough. I don't need anybody else. Now this is on the other side of the spectrum. Imagine if I would come in the morning and say, Hilly, you sit down. We don't need a worship band. I'm going to lead worship. I'm going to do the setup. I'm going to do the notices. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to preach. I'm going to do communion. Da, 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 all of that. In one pride and strength, you might even be able to do it. But who are you serving in that way? The body is not being served. The body is not being lifted up. It's just one person who's saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. That might be a little extreme, but that, that makes a point. What Paul is trying to communicate here, no matter how great you think you are, that is not how our body works. We need each other. Every member needs each other. That's the beauty of working together as a body. Now, what about the parts of the body that are hidden? Paul says, even if they are behind the scenes, but they are also to be taken care of the same way as any other part. And sometimes that is true for us, isn't it? I mean, when you were getting ready in the morning, how many of you thought, oh, what am I going to wear on my hand today? No, you didn't take much, much to think. You didn't think much about what you were going to wear on your hands. But when, when we were choosing our clothes, I'm like, yeah, maybe this, maybe this, maybe not, maybe not. The things that require uh, to almost modesty, we, we take more care sometimes. Things that are working behind the scenes, we take, take care of them as well. Think of your heart, a part that is hidden, but it is so important. Can you imagine if the rest of the body said, heart, I don't need you. What will happen? What will happen? 
That wouldn't work either. Because we need each other, because each member of the body matters. It does matter how we treat each other. So here are the three pointers for today. We are the body of Christ. The first one, we are the body of Christ. Second, each one of us have, a given, have, have been given a role by God to play. And by the way, if you do not know what your role is, if you do not know what your gift is, you'll be sending us, Nam and myself and the kids, to Birmingham in the next few months. I have a whole list of things that I need them. So come to me and speak with me. <laughs> no, but seriously, if you do not know, just mark in. Just get involved, just serve. What will happen? Either you will do really well in that area, or you will do really bad. But at least you will get to know that, okay, I can do this, or I should not get involved with this at all. Just mark in, just get involved. And thirdly, our roles, our gifts, work together in the big picture of God. Now it's great when we hear these things and I'm like, yeah, good things. But what does James say? If you just hear the word of God and you don't apply it to your lives, what difference does that make? How does that help? So when we, we, we have heard all of this. What do we do with these things now? God, you have given these words. How do we apply this into our lives? I would say there is a beautiful application here. Verse 25. It says, the members may have the same care for one another. This is how we live out. Being part of the body and being be, being one together. This is how we live out. We look after one another. We care for one another. How can we care for one another? It says again over here. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. That is how we can care for one another. We can love one another this way. By suffering with someone who is suffering. By mourning with someone who is mourning. By rejoicing with someone who is rejoicing. This is one way of, of loving one another, taking care of, take of one another, encouraging one another, lifting one another up. This is one way of, of putting it into place. I, I loved what, what Jackie said about um, community groups. I mean, Sunday morning is a great place. We don't get deeper into each other's life. But when you meet in a smaller group, you get to know one another well. You get to chat about each other's lives, their struggles, situations, and you get deeper into those things. Tell us groups. Tell us groups, groups of three or four. I mean, these are brilliant places for us to do the one anothering. If you don't know anything about this, please come and speak with Jackie, myself, or Daniel, or Richard, or, or Charles is not around. Oh dear. Um, the whole of YouTube will know that Charles was not around on 6th of Feb 2022. Sorry, Charles. So that's one way of caring for one another. But secondly, the most important is where we can care for one another is to encourage one another to be connected to the head. To be connected to the head. You know, Ephesians and Colossians, what, what does it say? It says, Jesus is the head of the body, the church. That's the best way for us to encourage one another. Hey, let's be connected to the head. Because without head, what happens without head? The body does not live. The body dies. So let's encourage one another to be connected with the head. Let's look after one another by lo loving each other and encouraging one another to stay connected to the head. And in this way, we will bring glory to our Jesus, to our head, to the head of the church. Abandoned.